Welcome to Dental Brain Crops. I just got back in town. I've been traveling, talking to a couple different groups, and what I was talking about with them and what I want to share with you today is the topic of decisions and outcomes. And there are a couple of components that I want to cover, first of which is deciding to decide. And this is arguably the most important and the most challenging piece of creating outcomes. Um, second to that, I want to talk about making a plan. And then I just want to share with you an observation that I have of the highest performers that I know and work with. Now, the absolute first step when you're wanting to make a change, whether that's big or small, is deciding to decide. If you want results of any kind, you have to take a deliberate action, which starts with a decision to decide. Now, when you're deciding, you're committing to make a final actionable decision by a certain date and time. And this is a familiar concept because... We all have schedules. And for example, when your patients decide to be on your clinical schedule, you're hoping that they're committed to being there. And I also know the range of thoughts and emotions that can surface when your patients don't follow through with their appointment. But here's the thing. Do you ever notice that you do the same thing, that you lack commitment to yourself Either you lack a solid commitment or you don't follow through with the thing that you decided. Because only dentists equipped with advanced entrepreneurial mind management techniques are able to consistently create the results that they want in their lives. And I want that for you. Now, being a good decision maker is a key attribute of being a successful doctor. So if you're hesitating to make decisions, I want you to ask yourself, what is really holding me back? What is the cost of not deciding? And why do I want to make a decision? So our brains need explicit direction. It, the brain defaults to avoiding danger, risk, unknown and newness, discomfort. See, our brains are receiving constant input from hundreds of sources all day long. And as a matter of efficiency, the brain defaults in favor of the things that it knows to be safe, tried and true, pleasurable and easy. And that would be fine, except for making decisions, taking action and going after your goals generally includes things that aren't pleasurable or easy. So the solution is to manually override the brain's default by giving it specific direction and then holding yourself accountable to that direction. When you give your mind something to focus on, it does this magical thing. It starts filtering out everything else to do the job that you've assigned it. And I'm sure you, I'm sure you've seen this happen in your life. A while back, my husband and I bought a silver Lexus and no sooner than us pulling the trigger on the purchase, did I suddenly start seeing more Lexus SUVs on the road than there used to be 
or so it seemed that way. And while it's possible that our city had a dramatic influx of Lexus purchases, the more reasonable and likely explanation for my noticing them was that I'd given my brain a directive to think about them. Here's the thing with um, goals and the human brain. Many people resist even talking or thinking about their goals, but more than that, they resist writing them down. And I want to pause here and ask you, are you regularly writing for personal purposes? When you have an idea and you take it out of your mind and put it onto paper, you begin the creative process. You take something that was floating around with tens of thousands of other thoughts in your mind, you isolate it, and you write it down, bringing possibility into the world. Declare what you want. There is so much power in doing so. And as soon as you do it, I want you to know that your mind is going to have thoughts of doubt and fear and why it's not a good goal or not a good time or why people won't like it or how risky of a move it is. And our own thoughts can be pretty loud sometimes, which is why we resist the writing and why we resist the goal setting. Alternatively, sometimes we get a little bravery and we decide that we will think about writing the goals or we will think about thinking about the goals. And what we end up doing in those situations is often setting goals that are just safe goals. They're very shallow, ones that don't cause us to stretch very far. And as you might have guessed, those are the goals that our brains are more likely to approve of. This is why a lot of times we'll say things like, I need to make a decision on new patient management software without really setting a time and date that the decision will be made. It's just a loose phrase somewhere out there that requires virtually nothing of you. It's risk-free. So whatever the thing is that you need to decide on and you need to move on, I want to encourage you to decide to decide. Let your brain go wild telling you all of the reasons that you shouldn't do it, but write it down, make your goal, and move forward anyway. So we want to always be giving our brains direction, always. Now, your primitive brain will offer you all kinds of ideas that point to repeating what you already know or already do. But repetition is an efficiency illusion because doing what you've been doing is often the least efficient way to reach higher levels of success in any aspect of life. I have a client who wanted to cut way back on his drinking. And as we were working together, he shared with me that he knew logically that if he continued his current drinking patterns, that he wouldn't reach the decreased level that he was hoping to very quickly. Yet, even though that made sense to him, and even though he definitely wanted to drink less, he said that when five o'clock rolled around or when a particularly challenging family member would show up or when it had just been a hard day at work, that his mind told him that it was time to drink, which clashes, right? 
The same brain that understood that he needed to drink differently to achieve his goal of drinking less still offered ideas about continuing the same drinking patterns that had created the excess consumption. In other words, his brain preferred the familiar, the familiar discomfort of overdrinking to the discomfort of changing his drinking patterns. Now, my client and I worked together for several months, and he's a total rock star who mastered what he refers to as one of the hardest things he's ever done. But the value in it in his story is that in order to reach that next level, in order to get where he wanted to go, he had to exercise total commitment to his decision to cut back in spite of all of the opposing ideas, no matter how reasonable or tempting. And he had to consciously direct his life toward his goal. Now, the same thing can be seen with anyone experiencing an overage of something who decides to adjust it over eating, over spending, over exercising. And this principle shows up with every decision that we make or put off making, which is why I wanted to talk about it today. Because when you're making decision for your business or your health, your relationships, your home, they directly impact your outcomes. Where are you lying down on the job? What do you need to decide on? And what are you working towards? When you live deliberately, you get what you truly desire. When you decide to decide, you make a choice and you take action. That doesn't have to mean that you're training for an Ironman or that you're vying for the parent of the year award. It means that you're intentionally directing your focus where you want it. You have goals and you go after them. If you hesitate to set goals, if you put off making decisions, if you resist change, if you avoid discomfort, I want you to know that you have a normal brain. You are not your thoughts. People with advanced emotional intelligence manage their minds and their thoughts. Now, decision-making and goal-setting are all about your thinking, but I have really great news for you because you are not your thoughts. Those thousands of things that you think each day are not the sum total of you. And it's really critical that you consider what I'm saying here because this is where a lot of people trip themselves up. They think because their mind offers them thoughts about being shy that they are shy or because their mind offers them ideas about their team members being inadequate that they themselves are mean for having that thought. Look, you're going to have countless thoughts each day, and some of them will be on par with who you are and who you're taking action to become. And then you're going to have a ton of thoughts that have no representation of your beliefs, your morals, your standards, or anything else. They're just thoughts. And I don't have the magic formula to teach you how to not have random thoughts, not if you have a human brain. And I'm glad that I don't because eliminating the challenge of having a human brain that defaults to comfort, safety, and pleasure requires no emotional intelligence mastery, which is what I teach. Your mind is going to offer you tons of ideas each day where your strength training needs to come in 
and where coaching is a huge asset is in what you do with those thoughts. Because the truth is that your thoughts create your feelings and we always act based on our feelings. You could do the exact same activity and have a totally different experience doing it based on how you feel. And your feelings are created with your thoughts. So what you want to do is train your brain to respond the way you want it to. And it takes practice. Advanced mind management is a learned skill that is conditioned regularly. So training the brain. Let's talk about creating feelings. I want you to ask yourself what your favorite feeling is to feel. One thing you want to do is learn to generate the type of fuel that you need to make your decision and take action toward an outcome. So identify what fuel you'll need. If I'm planning a trip, the fuel I need, the mental juice that I need to make decisions associated with my trip is going to be different than if I'm trying to talk myself into going to lift weights. So ask yourself, what are the most effective feelings to get decisions made to create the outcomes I want to create and then go to work to generate those feelings. One of the greatest gifts that I could give you is to tell you with surety that you can always feel exactly how you want to feel. You can think about a past experience that generated that feeling for you. You can imagine a possibility or an idea that creates that feeling for you. You decide and you'll figure out what works best for you as you practice over time, generating feelings on purpose. And I recommend that you do it every single day. So keep in mind, you're going to want to Generate those feelings by noticing your thoughts and noticing the accompanying feelings with those thoughts and decide, is that a pattern that I want to recreate or is that a pattern that I want to avoid? Because the cycle is that there's a thought which creates a feeling which drives your action. And here's the truth that makes intentional fuel generation so important. You cannot act or take action your way toward a feeling. That's backwards. And yet so many people work and work and work at something or for something, thinking that at some point, all of those actions will make them feel a certain way. For example, if I had a million dollars in the bank, I'd feel satisfied. That's backwards because the action is preceding the feeling. It is always, always the opposite. And if we take that example, if I had a million dollars in the bank, I'd feel satisfied. And we take a closer look at it, you'd notice that really there's something missing. There's an error. After the words million dollars, there's something unspoken happening in that sentence, a thought. Probably one that sounds something like, I'd tell myself that I'm successful, or I'd think that I have arrived, something that produces the feeling of satisfaction. So it would really sound more like if I had a million dollars in the bank, I'd tell myself that I was successful and I'd feel satisfied. The money itself is neutral. It's just a fact, 
a number. The satisfaction is coming from the thought about the money, the thought that I am successful. Actions and facts don't create your feelings. Money doesn't create your feelings. Your family doesn't create your feelings. Your patients don't create your feelings. Your thoughts do. And if you take nothing else from this podcast today, I want you to hang on to that point because it's where you gain all of your power back when you realize that you are the only creator of your experiences. So we've covered that thoughts create your feelings and that you can create any feeling you want on command at any time. And from our feelings, we take action or we take no action. So when we're talking about decision-making and creating outcomes, understanding that cycle is important, even with small things. Let's say you're going out to Scottsdale next week and you need a place to stay. Whoever's booking that for you is going to need a little information to make sure it's what you want, how much you want to spend, whether you're wanting a resort, a hotel, or a house, what you want in close proximity to you, and whatever else will make your stay most enjoyable. And those things aren't life-altering decisions. You could stay at a lot of different places and enjoy yourself. But the reason I brought up this example is because it isn't just the big things that are stumbling you. It's oftentimes a ton of smaller things like picking accommodations that are being put off procrastinated. And I want you to know why you're doing this so you can adjust the behavior if it would benefit you to do so. So think of a time recently when you needed to make a decision and you put it off. Now, when you're putting things off, when you're not making decisions that you need to make with respect and kindness, I want to recommend that you question yourself, that you poke holes in your thinking, your decisions, and your reasons. What have you been trying to solve by not making a prompt decision? And do you like your reasons? Because Rather than making a solid decision and removing that task from your plate, you are regularly experiencing some sort of discomfort. You're hanging on to that thing that still needs to be done and it keeps popping up into your mind, taking valuable thought space where it could just be placed on your calendar, followed through with and extinguished. Instead, you're allowing it to linger. So look into that and figure out why this is happening. It doesn't mean that you should immediately change how you're thinking or what you're doing, but by understanding more about what you're trying to avoid, by why you're putting it off, it puts you in the position to take the helm and decide what you want to do. Where you spend all of your time and what has every impact on your life is in your mind with your thoughts. So if you're allowing a procrastinated task to linger in your life and linger in your mind, be aware of the impact that it's having and be intentional about how long you allow it to go undone. Now, if you're done procrastinating and what you want to do is create a result, you've decided that you're ready and willing to level up your decision-making mindset, then you're going to need to take a few simple steps. You're going to want to write down the decision that you need to make, pick a time and pick a date that you'll decide on it, and then commit. 
That would look like deciding by 5 p.m. tonight where I'll take my son out to eat tomorrow. Because side note, anticipation is part of the joy of doing things. So wherever possible, I recommend budgeting in some time to get excited about or for others to get excited about the things you're planning. And from here, you commit to making that decision by 5 p.m. Now, if it's a bigger, more involved decision, then you'll use that same process, picking a time, picking a date and committing for the steps of the decision-making process. So that might sound like if you are going to organize the garage, you might schedule that tomorrow from 7 to 9 a.m., you'll organize the garage into quadrants and work on the first one. Then Saturday from 7 to 9 a.m., you'll figure out which section comes next and work on that and so on. And like I said, you've got to be committed because the alternative is to spin in a cycle of loose or lacking commitment where you know something needs to happen and you think about it over and over, kind of like a dull sound running in the background all the time. And the only way to turn it off, the only way to quiet the noise is to decide to decide, plan it and do it. And I want you to know that your relationship with your personal calendar, your relationship with your time is a reflection of your relationship with yourself. And my challenge to you is to plan more and do more, not to exhaust yourself. That wouldn't be any fun, but because constant, But because you, no. But I'm encouraging it so that you can be engaged in constant stretching and growing and self-improvement, showing yourself what you're really made of. Increasing your intentionality is a great place to begin that work. And as you're growing and you're advancing your emotional intelligence and increasing your loyalty to your own goals and decisions, notice how your lens filter on life increasingly brightens. And the more you notice it, the more vibrant things will become. It's like in movies where they show a scene in black and white and then it fades into full color. Your life will be a lot like that. And the more focused on what you like, what you want that you already have, what's going really well, what more you can do, what else you want to share and, and how you want to further contribute. When you focus on all of those things, you open yourself up to a whole new world. Now, highest performers that I know, highest performers that I work with and what I experience in my own life is this very truth. When you're planning something, you've decided to decide, you've made your plan, you're committed, know this, you're not going to know how to do something, not exactly, until you do it. So if part of the reason that you've been putting things off, if part of the reason that you've been hesitant to commit is that you don't know the exact path, you don't know the exact how, I'm here to tell you that you need not wait any longer because you won't know until you start taking action. We learn by doing. 
If it's something you've never done before, you won't be able to look to your past to figure out how. If it's something you've never done before, you can look to examples for ideas on what to do, but you won't truly know and you won't have the confidence of doing it, at least not the confidence you're probably hoping for until you do it. So decide to decide, make your plan, commit and go. Talk to you next time. I appreciate you joining me for today's episode. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit dentallife.coach for access to additional coaching tools as well as more episodes to help you create the dental life you truly desire. Mm-hmm.